Hello, hello, and welcome to the weird, wild, and whimsical land of Cells Royal Navy. You all haven't heard that intro in a minute. Um, I'm sorry that I haven't done the Aragonian this week. Um, I just, I couldn't think of anything to talk about. Until today, of course. Um, but I will do it next week. I just didn't have the energy yesterday. And you'll understand why in a minute. Um, now, I would like to say, before I get started, um, if you are very religious and don't believe in things like psychics, reincarnation, um, alternate universes, things like that, you might not, this may not be the episode for you. Um, because it is going to touch on topics that may be controversial to some people. Now, the reason I bring this up is... I have been interested in quite a while, actually, in finding out who I was in past lives. Um, I wanted a past life regression, and what I got was more like a psychic reading. Basically, what this woman did was she tuned in my energy and accessed what's called the Akashic Records. And I think what that is, is a record of everything that has ever been said or thought or done. Um... So she could kind of see my, my past lives like a movie, she said. Um, I will admit I was a little skeptical, um, especially because it took like three days for us to actually talk. Um, you know, life kept getting in the way, but I thought, oh God, she's making excuses. You know, she's going to take my money and run. But she didn't. Um, Jules, if you hear this, I apologize. <laughs> uh, you probably already knew that I thought that, but yeah. Um... I'm sorry, and I was wrong. I will readily admit I was wrong. Um, I was actually really nervous when I first got on the phone with her. First of all, because it was the first time that I had ever, like, you know, voice-to-voice -voice spoken to her. Um, and second of all, because I had never done anything even remotely close to this. The closest thing I've ever had to any kind of psychic reading or past life regression is going to see one of those supposed fortune tellers at Halloween attractions that just spout off facts about your, your sign. Which, I mean, say what you want about astrology, but, you know, I could look up Scorpio on the internet and find out everything that, you know. So this was a completely new area of experience for me, and new things scare me. Um, so I was very anxious, um, but it didn't, it didn't take me long to kind of settle into a routine. But anyway, um... God, where do I begin? Um, well, okay, let me let me start by... Uh, uh, God, sorry. Comparing the procedure of mine to the procedure of Oshkek's, he's the only one I know of that's ever gotten a past life regression. And in his, um, his PLR therapist basically asked him to take his brain back in time and back and back and back. And it, it, he never said this officially, but I think the theory is that, you know, you go back far enough and your soul will kind of take over and access those early memories that either your brain was too young to hold on to or that belonged to past lives. Um, so it was more like, it was more like he was in a trance. Um, like they would do like deep breathing and then he would go into the, the meditation and, you know, take his brain back and back and back. Um, this was, you know, like I said, more, you know, she tuned into my energy and then told me what she saw. Um, and some of the stuff she said really resonated. Um, of course, there were a few things that she got wrong. Um, 
She was talking about my, my soul sister, or twin, I think she called her, um, which is Yoli. If you guys don't know who Yoli is, where the hell have you been? Uh, but the short version is she was my temporary walk-in soul when I was a baby. And this woman was calling her Sylvia, or it wasn't Sylvia, it was something a little bit more complex than that, but I can't remember. Um, and she said that I could call her Psy for sure, and I was like, okay. I mean, I've met her, I, you know, but, but she did say that she lives in an alternate world and, you know, a lot of the other things she said matched up. So I was like, okay, you know, maybe, maybe she's hearing this from the wrong spirit. I don't, I don't exactly know. Um, I would assume, I, I feel like people who have those kind of abilities are hearing a, a lot of things all at the same time. You know, it'd be like, it'd be like, um, being on like a two-way radio and hearing a bunch of interference. I, I could be wrong, but... You know, maybe she got her wires crossed somewhere. Um, but my most recent past life was in Louisiana. Um, I was a singer. My name was Rosemary, or Roe for short. Um, um, I was actually mixed race, but I didn't really face any kind of racism or discrimination, which is impressive because I was born in the 1850s and lived to be 80-something, so lived through at least some of the 1930s. Um, when I mentioned that to my mom, she said, oh, you probably looked white. Which, she's probably right about that. Um, I, of course, I don't know a whole lot about how, you know, I obviously I know that, like, for example, African Americans have darker skin, whereas Caucasians have very fair skin. But I, I, I believe that if you're mixed race, you can go either way. Um you can end up with the darker skin or the light skin. And I also married a white man. Uh, he was actually very, like, respectful to his servants from what she was saying. Um, like, after after the uh, Emancipation Proclamation, a lot of his slaves actually became paid uh, servants, and he treated them well. Um, I outlived him, which I think she said that he was... A bit older than me. I can't remember exactly how much older she said he was. Um, but I was very, like... She used the word flamboyant, which I love that word, by the way. <laughs> um, I had a really big personality, and men were actually intimidated by me because I didn't take shit from anyone. And if I said no, it meant no. And I was like, hey, that kind of sounds like me in this life. Um, very feminist. If someone ever tells me to get back in the kitchen, I'm like, well, fine, that's where they keep the knives. Um... And that actually fits with some of the sort of, um, like, flashes and glimpses that I've gotten and some of the stuff that I have sort of, you know, gathered. Like, you know, I've all, in this life I've always had, sorry, a liking for southern-style cooking, like, um, chicken and dumplings, sweet tea, peaches, um... And I've always found the southern accent to be very, like, soothing and familiar. <sighs> Sorry. Um. Oh, gosh. Um. <clears throat> and I remember, like, two days before... Well, maybe it was a little more than two days. I can't remember. Um, but a little while before my reading with her, Oshkak and I were talking, and 
Uh, we're pretty sure that we intersected in at least one of our past incarnations. Uh, he was a kitten, I was a person, and I was an old lady, and, um, like, basically, he was, he had some kind of illness or injury that nobody knew about, and obviously, being a kitten, he didn't have any way of, like, you know, communicating that, and all of the humans just thought that he was, you know, a bad egg, basically. Uh, but there was this one old lady that actually showed him kindness, and I remember when he first told me that story, I just had this thought, like, oh my god, was I that old lady? Um, and the timing fits, because he said that that happened somewhere between, like, 1910 and 1920. So, I would have been, you know, somewhere between, like, 60 and 75, I'd say. Um... And he did say that the, the lady in question had a very thick southern accent. And I even remember asking him, you know, do you, do you remember if this, this lady was black or white? And he's like, uh, half and half, maybe. And that was completely, like, you know, on, on the money, pretty much. Um, and I have had, like I said, I, I have had flashes of, of that life. Um, jazz music sounds very familiar. Excuse me. Now she was saying that my singing style was more operatic, but especially in like the early, you know, the 1910s, 1920s, like obviously jazz was a big thing, especially in Louisiana. So I, I totally get why that rings so, like, why that rings so familiar in my head. Um, I don't know if I told you guys about this, but I actually had a moment in my history class. It was in my junior year, and we were learning about the stock market in the 1920s. And we were watching one of those educational videos, and they played a clip of this woman singing. And I w it's not like I was half asleep. I was, I mean, I, was, I wasn't completely, like, fully alert. I was kind of zoned out because I was in school, what do you expect? Um, but I, I wasn't out of it enough that I should have had a, like a half dream, so to speak. Um, but as this woman was singing in the video, I got this flash of me standing on a boardwalk on a hot day. And it was, it was like a still image, but captured with all of my senses. And, you know, we've pretty much come to the conclusion that that was me as Rosemary, or Ro. Um, I also was a Celtic, uh, or a Druid priestess. Um, which is cool because I've always found things like that fascinating. Like Celtic music has always, I've always loved it. Um, um, I was in, uh, hi I, bleh, God, I can't talk. I'm sorry. I was a hieroglyph artist in ancient Egypt. And the crazy thing about that is when I was in elementary school in this lifetime, we were learning about hieroglyphs, and, you know, the class was assigned to write something in hieroglyphics, and, you know, as a blind girl, like, how are you supposed to do that? But it's not like I could just write it in Braille, either. Um, so I said, you know what, just let me try it, and we'll see what happens. And I actually managed to draw, like, a decent facsimile of whatever it was I was trying to convey, and, you know, they, and it, even I at the time thought it was a complete fluke, but now that I think about it, I'm like, dude, I think that was a memory bleed-through. Um, and that would have made sense, because like I said, I was younger. I mean, I, I don't think I was any more than like six or seven. And, you know, the, they say that the younger you are, the easier it is to sort of, you know, the, you haven't quite built up those barriers yet between you and your past lives and, you know, 
things of that nature. Um, I lived in India in one lifetime and um, I had a friend who, we weren't related, but he was like an older brother to me. Um, Jules thought that this was Steve, or Oshkak, sorry. Um, but Oshkak says he can't remember it. Um, so I'm guessing that it was another soul that was close to me that she just mistook for, for Oshkak, I'm not sure. Um, but his uncle was a holy man, and he would come and get me and take me to this holy man, and we would just sit and listen to him for hours, and she was saying, I believe her exact words were, you were a little sponge. Like, everything I heard, I absorbed. And sometimes, you know, because this holy man was like, you know, had, had a lot of status, um, they would put him up on this litter thing and carry him instead of him walking. And sometimes uh, they would lift me and the slightly older boy up with him. Um, I also had a life in Germany. She said it was like on the, on the border of Germany and Czechoslovakia, I think. Um, and the same soul was actually my older brother. Um, he was eight years my senior. We were, um, he was the oldest out of 11, and I was the youngest girl. Um, and he was very, like, protective of me. Um, again, she thought this soul was Oshkek, but he can't remember it. But it, it does resonate with me. It sounds very familiar to me. Um... And, you know, she, we talked about, you know, we talked some about my current life as well. Um, like, she mentioned my interest in writing, which I had not said a word to her about. So, like, there's no way that she should have known, you know, that's, that's kind of how I knew that she was legit. Um, and, um... She also, basically what she said was, right now I'm going through what they call an ascension. So basically, I'm moving up to like a higher energy vibration. And, you know, she said to me, you know, those weird headaches you get and your body feeling weird, you're not sick. That's part of the ascension. And the crazy thing is, the past couple of days I actually had woken up feeling kind of, not really sick, but just kind of icky. Just not not good just something was off but I couldn't figure out what so when she said that I literally was like oh my gosh um and it makes sense because I've also been receiving a lot more you know what she called nudges from the universe and you know past life recall and stuff and she said that that's that's gonna be happening more and more and she encouraged me to tune into that which I was like well I've already started doing that um yeah. And, you know, she was saying that in this life, I'm, you know, of course, I don't know what my mission may be uh, as a, you know, like, I don't, as far as, like, what I'm going to do, like, as far, you know, whatever. Um, but she said that, you know, one of my missions in this life is to learn to fill my own cup and, you know, focus on taking care of myself. Um more than taking, or not, maybe not more, but at least as much as taking care of others, which I will readily admit that is something I need to work on. Um, it's, it's easier said than done for sure. Um, so yeah, and I feel like this has opened doors for me. 
Um, now that I'm more aware of this kind of thing, I feel like I will be even more open to receiving, you know, and, and she was saying, like, the, the spirit guides, the gods, whoever, um, won't, you have to give them, you have to let them in and let them start guiding you. you they won't do it automatically, which I believe I had, I had already started doing when I started, um, making offerings to Artemis last year. Um, but I'm even, I'm even more open now. One of my favorite things that she said to me, I was telling her about how I, for lack of a better word, worship Artemis. And she said, oh, gods don't want you to worship them. They just want you to love them. And I was like, oh, I do. I do love her. Absolutely. And, you know, I make offerings to her to show that. And she's like, oh, well, you're just showing affection then. That's fine. You know, she was like, don't do it because you feel like you have to. And I'm like, no, I don't. I, I do it because I like do I genuinely love going out and spending time with her and, you know, offering her my time, my friendship, some fruit. You know, it's, it's a good feeling. Um, I told her about a couple of the encounters that I had with Artemis, and she was like, oh man, that's really cool. And she, like I said, she seemed very impressed with how easily I have sort of learned, or how well I've learned to you know, read those signs from the universe and take them for what they are. Um, some people might go, oh, those are just a bunch of flukes, but guess what? I don't believe in coincidence. Maybe they happen once in a blue moon, but they're very, very rare. Um, usually, if something happens, there's a reason behind it. Um, if there's one thing I've learned in my spiritual journey, it's, it's that pretty much everything happens for a reason. Um, so, yeah, um, I don't know that I will get a reading or anything like that again, because it was, it was a lot to take in, um, but I'm glad I did it, and like I said, it, it, it she ended up being for real, and, you know, she didn't scan me, which is <laughs> always good, um, Sorry, I almost dropped my phone. Uh, so anyway, um, I will do the Aragonian next week, and I already have a couple of stories for that, and I'm sure that things will happen between now and then that I can talk about. Um, I do apologize for not doing it this week, but I think yesterday, you know, the reading was on Thursday night, and I think yesterday I was still kind of like, you know, trying to process everything that I was told, and so I, I was just not really in the right, you know, mindset, so... I'll do it next week. Um, I will see you guys then. Um, until then, take care of yourselves. Have a good one.